It's Rockin' Vino on KSRO, brought to you by American Ag Credit, money for agriculture. Good afternoon. Welcome to Rockin' Vino. My name is Michelle Marquis. My co-host is Coco, who will be here shortly. And in studio with me is my pal, Chef Gray Roland. He is, of course, the proprietor and chef at Belly Left Coast Kitchen and Tap Room. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. It's awesome. We uh, have known each other for many years now and uh, I think share a passion for going out to eat at really good places. Absolutely. (laughs) Whenever we can. It's very fun. So uh, we've we've been able to share meals together uh, and probably one of the best meals that I've ever had. Actually, you were there too at Single Thread. How lucky were we to be able to enjoy that? Incredible. I'm a fan of uh, Michelin star restaurants. <laughs> yes, bring them on, especially if it, we're getting treated uh-huh. to that. That's pretty nice. Um, but your story is so interesting and fun. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your origins, how food and music and wine have all really sort of made them made themselves really integral in terms of how you live your life, uh, what you enjoy, your vocation, like what you love to do. It's all yeah. really entwined start in from that. from the beginning? Why don't we? So so what came first? Was it food or music for you? <laughs> it was, well, love of music for sure. Yeah. And later in life, music kind of just came in, um, ran, I guess, randomly, which was kind of cool. Um, start how I became a chef was mm-hmm. my uh, my mom passed away when I was younger, when I was 15. Um, and then I remember she was a hardworking mom, single mom with my twin brother, uh, Garth, who lives in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And um, she wasn't a very good cook. And <laughs> I liked to, and I was really good with my hands and I wanted to always surprise her with dinner or whatever kind of dinner that might've been for a young 15, 14, 13 year old. And then, um, and then my mom passed away when I was younger, like 15 years old. And then my dad came in which I saw him every two weeks, like majority kids mm-hmm. um, in life. Sure. And the um, then I would uh, my moved in with my dad in the San Jose Los Gatos area, um, and then I would uh, my dad said, "What are you gonna do with your summer after school? Like, like right in, um, high school and then summertime?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." So he goes, "Well, I don't know if you know this, but you have a cousin on the East Coast that." Um, has a bunch of restaurants, and I think oh. you should go there for the school of hard knocks. So put you through it, like cut onions, don't cry, right. potatoes. I needed this this size and this shape and all that stuff. And then, so I loved it. I I would just completely was fell in love with cooking. And, so that was um, summers for you, hundred percent. And every okay. single every single summer, I'd go back and I would okay. start at like peeling potatoes, peeling onions, and then next summer I was like on the line. I was in charge of the fryer and dessert. Okay, Grandma and then um, next one, I would kind of just move up. And then the last time I cooked, worked with him and I ran his um, really nice restaurant uh, four blocks from the White House in, in uh, Washington, D.C. I was a chef's cuisine. So, and I, and What I, age were you when you did that? Man, I was probably 22 maybe. Really? Wow. I'm 47 now. So, yeah, um, I was 31 years being in restaurants. Huh. So, um, it's definitely in your blood. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, I could do a blindfold and, and it's, uh, yeah. And then I, ha- now I have belly, but going back to then it was, um, it was cool. And I'd just go back and forth from West coast, to East coast during the mm-hmm. summer times and then moved, moved, actually moved to the East coast and, uh, opened up his, um, restaurant called Naj and, um, which I think is still there. Um, I don't think he owns it though, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. So then I was 
flying back and forth to East Coast, the West Coast. Um, and then I met up with this guy named Billy Lucas, good friend of mine. Um, and now owns a really cool uh, Mexican restaurant out, out in uh, Delaware. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called me one day and he said, uh, what are you doing? And I go, um, I need something new to do. I'm kind of bored. I had lived in Hawaii for a while. I did I did 10 years in the restaurant business and then I went to culinary school. Oh, okay. Um, and then I did really well in culinary school. I sucked. I totally sucked at... Uh, at um, at a college, okay. but, um, but, but it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Oh no! I mean, trade schools are great. Sure. I mean, I think it's Plan B for a lot of people, yeah. or it's Plan A for a lot of people too. I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, went to culinary school. Did really well in culinary school. Got A plus honors, which I've never had an A in my life. Um, and um, what was it like working so much in restaurants and then going to culinary school? Was it useful to you at 100%. all? Hundred percent. And I highly, highly recommend anyone that wants to go to a culinary school get get a quick job in the, in the, in the restaurant business even even stage for a little bit just to see if you like it because mm-hmm. in the kitchen is is it's a different breed for sure um and so i recommend that in the, if someone wants to go to culinary school i say go to the the jc santa rosa for instance it's a great culinary oh yeah school. um i've never been there or seen it but i heard a lot of, heard a lot about it um but i have highly recommend that instead of going to Dumping a hundred grand or eighty grand on Le Cordon Bleu, which I'm friends with a lot of those chefs over there. Right. Um, and I think it's just just at least spend a little bit of money and a little bit of time into a, in a into a restaurant and or a kitchen, and then see if that's really what you want. And it's a, it's not for not for a lot of people. Yeah. So um, it's not easy work. Hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fourteen hour day is normal. Yeah. On your feet and hot. Yeah. One thing I one thing I learned from my cousin is that we might not make the most money, but we eat the best. Ah, there so, you go, right? Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so, so it kind of grew on from that, and then I got a call from Billy Lucas, uh-huh. and so what are you doing? I go, um, I need something new to do, and he goes, Well, you want to cook for rock stars and travel the world? I go, Hundred mm, <laughs> percent. And um, so I did a three day working interview at, in um, L.A. with the Justin Timberlake Madonna concert. That's when right when Justin Timberlake got out of NSYNC, I think it was. Okay, and then started. Um, start his own little gig. So this connection, Billy, he knew this, or so how- he started. He started working for a touring catering company. Oh, okay. The catering company I worked for was called Latitude Forty Five, which is still out there. I think it's more of a uh, British thing. They mm-hmm. in Brit or England or mm-hmm. something like that. But there's a lot out there, and there's um, Latitude Forty Five. There's Dega, who's who I work for now. Um, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Um, it's out of Knoxville. Okay. Um, but a lot of us live in Santa Rosa for some reason. Well, because Sonoma County is Canada's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we got amazing wine and beer great, and great food and, and incredible food. Good ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he called me up and he, so I did a three day working interview in uh, L.A. at Dodger Stadium. And uh, second day, my boss is there, said uh, Chris Mitchell said um, you're exactly what I'm looking for, um, non breeder, uh, no kids. Yeah. And um, that's true. You need to be nimble and yeah, ready to go. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it it makes it easier, I guess. Sure, I think, um, and that's only what I know. I mean, I have cats, so. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. so yeah, so I did a three day working interview. Said second day, my boss at the time said, "You're exactly what I'm looking for. You have ta- you have talent. You you are been in the industry, and you're you're not attached to anything really." Mm-hmm. So um, he goes, "Let me see what I can do about getting you on on a tour." And within, I got a call like two months later, and told me how much I was going to make, and that was a plus, and um, put me on tour with Motley Crue, which was arguably my favorite band of all times when I was a kid. 
Did you die? Did you die when you found out you were going to go with Motley Crue? Yeah, but you got to keep it as a uh, professional. (laughs) Sure, yeah. And then you got to kind of be a fan also. Okay. And to be backstage and and actually get to hang out with Tommy and Nikki and and, um, after the show and be interactive with them when it comes to what they like, what they don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, And all, all four of them were completely... Uh, light years different kind of style of food that they wanted to eat. So, oh, really? Wow. Okay. So, um, but they're all great guys. I mean, uh-huh. they put on a show, and, and in return, I got to uh, hang out with people I looked up to and loved to listen to their music, even today. To wow. Them. So, yeah. So, what was the job then as the chef uh, for a touring band? Do you cook just for the band members? Do you cook for a larger group? Like, what? what is your So, for duty? instance, for like Molly Crew, Kiss, which was right after that, Black Eyed Peas, which was right after that. I was cooking for the masses, so I was cooking for the roadies, mm-hmm. my, which is who I am. I'm a roadie. I'm mm-hmm. a roadie chef still. Um, I was cooking for the band, so I'd cook for the roadies, so it would be like literally 5 o'clock in the morning, wake up, get off the tour bus, or come from the hotel, mm-hmm. um, set up the kitchen. If, if we're there for just one day or we're there for multiple days or rehearsals or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, we're cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then when the talent comes in, that's sometimes a... Uh, that's sometimes a uh, completely different menu. Okay. Um, that that was probably the first um, Molly Crew kiss right after that, um, which was actually my kiss was my first show I ever saw. Oh. Um, way back when I was a kid, <laughs> and then um, the Black Eyed Peas, and then I met a lady who was uh, Will I Am's personal chef, mm-hmm. um, and she goes, "Great, you're too good to be. You're too good of a chef to be just." just a um, cooking for the masses you should be a personal chef mm-hmm. so then that's when I asked my boss I'm like if there's ever any personal chef gigs I'd love to be that mm-hmm. and and slowly they became um, uh, gigs around where they needed personal chefs so I kind of pulled away from the mass cooking uh, right with multiple other chefs it wasn't just me it was so it was were probably, you sort of like the overseeing chef of no I was not it was probably oh, okay. the sous chef okay. of them mm-hmm. and then we had crew chiefs and stuff like that were kind of like all right this Got is it. kind of menu we're doing today mm-hmm. or let's be creative what would you like to make Ray and okay and other chefs too so there's probably at any one time three to five chefs on a tour depending on the how big the Size tour was the tour. right yeah I mean, how many people I mean, you need for lighting and all that kind of stuff it yeah. was like 20 20 tour buses and 20 rigs so wow. we're cooking for 100 and 65 to 170 people for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then and then also the locals was probably another 50. Oh my gosh! So and then uh, when the band goes on stage or before they go on stage, um, there was probably uh, VIPs. Oh, you would do sometimes. stuff for that too. Yeah, I'd pull off and do some of that. Wow! Um, but then I got a chance to do the personal chef gig, which is great because I'm cooking for one person or th- maybe five or six people, like Lincoln Park, um, and then. We would, uh, yeah, and so we, we would just pull off, and then I would just cook for just the band, so yeah. which is cool. Cause Did it allow for more creativity and more personalization in what you were doing? Because then I would actually write a menu, or I'd go shop in whatever oh. country I'm in. Oh, how exciting. I, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. we got to talk about shopping in other countries. Uh, you are listening to Order. Rock and Vino. Uh, I am Michelle, and, of course, we've got... Uh, uh, just so much fun coming here next uh, in the show. So I am hearing a little bit in the background, but that's all right. We're going to get it all worked out. Coco is here. Hey, Coco. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Oops, I got you on a different microphone. Let's have you on this one. <laughs> there we go. All right. We'll be right back. This is KSRO. It's Rockin' Vino on KSRO, brought to you by American Egg Credit. Money for agriculture. <laughs> 
And uh, welcome back to Rock and Vino. This show is sponsored by American Ag Credit. I'm Michelle Marquis. Coco is here. Hey, Coco. Hello. And our guest this half hour is Chef Gray Roland. He is the owner of uh, Belly Left Coast Kitchen and Tap Room right there in downtown Santa Rosa. Just celebrated 10 years. Congratulations. Crazy. I know. Woo. That is like 20 in it in restaurant like years, 50. right? Seriously. And in like downtown, I feel like a lot of, a lot of restaurants struggle downtown, yeah. but... Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember when you guys opened. Right, and me too. It, yeah. <laughs> and I was so excited. And so the fact that you guys are still rocking and rolling, yeah. uh, pun intended, um, <laughs> um, is amazing. So how? what did you do for your anniversary? We had a like a festival all day long. We had three bands. Uh, we had uh, Ellie James was number two, uh, Nick Foxer number one, and then we had Juice. Have you guys seen Juice play? No. <sighs> what kind of music are they? 90s rock. Oh, Ooh, fun. So like Food Fighters and they play Food Fighters better than Food Fighters, I think. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we just, I mean, I'm glad that the fire department came come in because we're about <laughs> uh, one person over, but uh, we actually did a big uh, 150 person uh, fire, firefighters too, like a week prior to that. And so. Amazing. And they're nice. like, and the firefighters like, how many um, people can we get in here? And I was like, you guys are the firefighters. You guys tell me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, but yeah, it was great. Uh, the, the party was insane, and it was cool. and it was uh, it was a lot of love, and and uh, it was cool, and um, I was happy. What did you uh, drink to celebrate your ten year anniversary? I had a, a bottle of nineteen forty two. Ooh, passing that around to some I mean, friends. That's and delightful. Like that. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, it was good. It was okay. uh, it was a blast, and it was music all day long. Um, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of close. Well, those guys are my friends too, so I'm happy that they were there. Yeah. So, so on tour with various mm-hmm. bands is how long did you do that? And I know that you continue to do that. What was the transition for you? Thinking I want to go from working with all these bands, going all over the world, to having my own spot. Um, I was on tour with Lincoln Park. I was with them for about ten years before Chester passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, still a close friend. I think about him all the time. He just had a birthday. Yeah. And uh, he's actually, Talinda actually reached out to me when I said, and I wrote something. But I saw um, that. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was a part when I was on tour, I think it was in Sweden with Lingo Park. And then I got a call from my old partner, Pablo. Mm-hmm. He was working at Checkers. Which, that used to yeah. be Checkers. Yep. And, um, and he just said, hey, um, this restaurant's going to be up for sale. And I know you've always wanted to be a part of something. And I was at a part where, I came home and I got nothing to do really. It was just like, I, I still have a job and it was on tour, um, but I didn't have anything to do. I was kind of just like hanging around until mm-hmm. the next gig. Was it here in Santa Rosa where you were living? Yeah, it was Petaluma, Petaluma, okay. Santa Rosa, got it. pretty mm-hmm. much. And um, and then he called me and said, I was in Sweden, he goes, hey, uh, can we meet when you get back? I said, I might be back in about a week. We have a couple more shows left. And, and that was in like 2012 to, yeah, it was like 2012. Mm-hmm. So it was probably a couple years in with Linga Park at the time. And mm-hmm. by that, I was just 100% with Linga Park. Right. I was not touring with anyone else. Okay. Um, I was their personal chef. And um, he said, uh, and I sat there with, there was five of us. And I knew at that time I was going to go, I'm going to buy you out. In my head, I was buying you out, I'm buying you out, I'm buying you out. <laughs> and I knew that this is a great location, 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 location. Yeah. And, um, and I love Sonoma County. I love the wine. Yeah. I was a wine freak and still am. And um, and I and we did it. We pulled it off and we flipped it into what it is now. Um, the, the the original side, we call it B1, B2. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, and, and 10 years later, I, uh, actually about five years into it, 
I started buying off the partners with my tour money um, and uh, started paying them off. And that was, and then at that time, I, right before I paid off my last payment towards my partners, I um, told my landlord, I go, because Belly was getting too busy. It was mm -hmm. like, all right. And I didn't want a second location because mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to get in my car and drive somewhere else. I just want to bust through that wall yeah. if I could do it. Finding out it was an already existing doorway back in the 50s. And um, and we busted through it and we expanded and called it a day and it's we've been busier than ever. So, yeah. It, yeah. As as you said, Coco, location, location. It is a, the perfect spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you get so much foot traffic mm -hmm. and course in, in nice weather which is coming soon thank goodness right. yeah um it's a great i mean it's one wandering around downtown you want to yeah. go out for some drinks you want to have lunch you want to have dinner yeah and now, spot. i mean and now you have a full bar where i know when you Correct. first yep. started you actually didn't. full bar full liquor license as yeah. of a week after covid hit yeah <laughs> <laughs> great right. timing and oh. your own bathrooms and my own bathrooms plus. which is even better another plus yeah, yeah. all these good things going yeah, so, yeah. It was, uh, you know what's something that i, I always wanted to i, I need to tell the story about the, the restaurant itself and, and the history behind it and the, and it was one of the only surviving buildings from the 1906 earthquake. The wow. floors, the wooden floors, original floors from 1902, so we, we pulled off all those checkers off the ground. Yeah, I remember and that. And just found mm -hmm. this beautiful wood. And we sanded it down and did a finish on it. And um, and all the, the bar top on the original side is chocolate hard acacia from the big island of Hawaii. I used to mm -hmm. live in Hawaii. And so I wanted a little piece of Hawaii. Actually, all of us did at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the new side mm -hmm. is sequoia redwood from Guerneville, and that's almost 2,000 year old wood. Wow. And all the buddy, bar, the buddy um, ch uh, tables along the wall, those are like the little brothers of that same. Wow. Um, from the same yeah, tree? Yeah, same tree. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and the fence out front is prison bars from Fort Mason in the early 1900s. No way. So those are legitimate prison bars. Yeah, they're kind of cool. <laughs> I've been there so many times and had no yeah. idea. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. And then the chairs, um, all the high top chairs are all. Um, has someone's either a band member I was with, like a park guys how have one, um, a family member or a regular that always comes in, and uh, one of them I gave him one of them to the other day. He comes in all the time. So can I get a chair? And I go, all right, we'll see what I could do. And so I got him a chair made, and then he was sitting in one. And I said, uh, how's that chair feeling? And he goes, oh, it's good. I like it. He goes, what about a chair with your name on it? And he started like crying. Oh. He was like, oh, no one's ever done anything like this That's for awesome. me. So yeah, it was kind of cool. So. That is That's cool. Great. Yeah. yeah, it is fun to sort of look around at the chairs and be like, I want that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that one. I'm always stoked <laughs> Except for the I... one that says this this uh, this seat buys around. There's one. Oh, on is there really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. funny. I know I always get stoked when I get like one of the Lincoln Park members chairs. Yeah, you yeah. Chester yeah. has a good one. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when did that connection happen? When did you start working um, for Lincoln Park? Um, I, when it goes back to the personal chef, when I asked for um, my boss at the time, mm -hmm. I go, is there a, if anytime there's ever a personal chef gig come up, can I have it? And I was actually on tour with, oh, so back it up, uh, my first tour was, my pers first personal was, um, was Blink-182. Okay. And then it was Tori Amos, and then it was Lincoln Park. They pulled me off of, actually, Tory to put me on the Lincoln mm. and um, was same age as me pretty much yeah. and I'm a big fan of their and they're super cool and down to earth and they liked me and I kept them happy and healthy no matter where we were in the world and um, we had fun and and yeah. they slowly I they said uh, why don't we just pay you directly instead of work paying for the company mm -hmm. and the, to rent your rent your kitchens from them and, and we'll build a kitchen around you and and um, and then they, I, I was paid 
by them directly probably three years later in, while while working for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's cool. And then I get to travel the world in 68 countries now, 66 oh with Lincoln Park alone. And I got to shop in all these incredible restaurants. I mean, incredible places. Yeah. And, and uh, go to these amazing restaurants. So one of my favorite things to do when I travel is to go to a grocery store or a market and see <laughs> what things people mm-hmm. buy like, yeah. and how things are laid out and what their products are and what you know their most common things in the cheese department are. Yeah. I'm a huge Germany. fan of cheese. Germany, uh, oh my gosh, Germany cheese. is amazing. Yeah. Um, so what is it like for you, especially if you've been, if you're going to a country that you haven't been to before, how do you scope out where to go shopping and so what I'll, it's like? Yeah, so I'll, I'll always have a um, translator and a driver with me. Mm-hmm. I can, um, we connect with the uh, local production um, to they'll say, all right, we have a personal chef, we're gonna need a, a driver and a, and a translator, and hopefully it's the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just makes it easier. It's just easier that yeah. way. Um, and then we'll go shop and, and I'll go, all right, we're going to be in Cologne, Germany, or we're going to be in Moscow, or we're going to be in Hong Kong and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll, I'll Google, I'll be in connection with them through email and whatnot. And they'll ask me, what do I need? Sometimes I'll get a lot of um, like pre-order. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll have like, I got to think about it. I'm like, I'm not ordering a pound. I'm, th- I'm ordering a kilo. Right. So one time yeah. I ordered oh, yeah. like, <laughs> 10 kilos of chicken. I was like, oh my God, that's too much chicken. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, but, um, so yeah, then we'll just go shop. And uh, before that, I'll Google and I'm like, all right, this this grocery store looks cool or this market looks cool. Yeah. And um, and then they'll have ideas too. Like I have a great, well, and I have a great place for us to go. Or a lot of times I'll follow other personal chefs and we'll be in contact oh, with other okay. people. You got to go here or oh, you got to go to this smart. place. Or we'll share a kitchen from... Um, headliner on Friday to a headliner on uh, Saturday, and they'll okay. leave me stuff. That goes, this chicken's oh. still good, and mm-hmm. stuff like Smart. that. Especially in Germany, there's a lot of those, a lot of chefs like that. We yeah. kind of follow each other, um, but we go to these amazing markets and uh, incredible grocery stores. I mean, this thing puts like Whole Foods or. Lenardi's and Los Gatos <laughs> to shame. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. Globus. Have you ever been to Globus? No. That one is insane. Where's I'll, that at? That one is in Basel. It was like oh, ridiculous yeah. over the top. The one in Moscow was pretty cool. Yeah. That was. They had like um, prosciutto legs. And uh-huh. the guy, it was the guy was in the middle, and it's just spun around him. And they go, "This is from northern Spain. This is from southern <laughs> wow. Spain. And this is from Croatia." I was like. Oh. Wow, wow. Can I just hang out here and just try that all day long? I love it. Yeah. Well, we are talking with Chef Gray Roland of Belly Left Coast Kitchen and Tap Room, celebrating 10 years in downtown Santa Rosa. So amazing. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for the live portion here on KSRO. But the good news is you can go to rockandvino.com and listen to an extended podcast that we're going to continue our conversation with Chef Gray. I'm Michelle. That's Coco. And we're going to get out of here. But uh, thanks so much for listening. And check us out at Rock and Vino. R-O-C-K-N-V-I-N-O dot com. Thanks for listening to Rockin' Vino. Check out more great content online at rockinvino.com. <laughs>